Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. Testaverde will take the snap, go to one knee. This game is over. The Jets lock up their first playoff appearance since 1991 on a 21-16 victory over the Miami Dolphins. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Brandon Tierney, Sal Alcotta back on the fan. So the one thing I talked about before, you know, giving a little tease with the Mets and a possible extension of one of the young players, there was a, a report out there, BT, from Hector Gomez. Okay. I'm not sure exactly who that is. Uh, I think he's an MLB insider. He's got a, about 100,000 followers, so he's he's fairly uh, reputable. Did he buy them, or do we know that, if he's legit? That I don't know. I, I feel like I have heard no. of him before, but I'm just not familiar really with his work. Anyway, he tweeted out, saying that uh, Francisco Alvarez is close to signing an extension with the Mets. So take that for what it's worth from Hector Gomez. Yep. Uh, yeah, he says he's the MLB insider here, um, based in the Dominican Republic, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, just going based off of his Twitter bio, followed by a lot of uh, reputable people I see by Talking Baseball. Um, so, okay, maybe a reputable source here. But then Andy Martino uh, also tweeted out about that, saying that, People in the know um, saying that that's not there's no ongoing talks right now. So hmm. it's kind of conflicting reports. Let me just get the exact Andy quote. Uh, An extension with Alvarez would definitely make sense for the Mets at some point, but people who know say there's nothing doing on the front at the moment. So you have conflicting reports right there. And then you and I were talking about this. Alvarez, I believe, right now, you know, he's basically got a, a year less than a year of service. Yeah, which means he's still got what five years under control. Yeah. Which means if you're going to extend him now like what is that deal looking at are they buying out the first two years of free agency three years like to make it worth it don't the Mets have to do that at the very I, least I, I yeah you and I were trying to talk through this during the break here I mean yeah you're right he's free agent eligible 2029 uh ARB eligible 2026 obviously making peanuts yeah like why would you it seems early to dive into that unless you you know I mean listen if you think Alvarez, now who's taking the bigger risk? Think let's so let's say it's that's why it seems unlikely without diminishing somebody else's reporting chops. I, I don't right. know, but it could the, be right. Who the hell knows for sure? Know. Yeah. But if the Mets were to buy out five years, right, and then you you have to tack on at least two years. Otherwise, why would the Mets do it? They it's a waste of time. At least two, probably at least two. More, I was going to say probably yeah. three, probably three more right. so than probably just two. So if the Mets were willing to do that. I think that that would be a forward-thinking move, much like the Braves. I would like it, but would it be worth it to Alvarez? I would think probably so. Him, you bank yes. 30, 40 million guaranteed, why not? Right, because you got to wait years Maybe to get more. that type of money. Yes. 
even in arbitration, I mean, best case scenario is going to make a lot, right? This well, dude, be- think about this. Gleyber Torres, who's not great but good, mm-hmm. just made $14.1 million in arbitration That's this all, year. huh? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, Juan Soto was 30. That was the highest ever in right. ARB. And, you know, but some of the other numbers, I mean, so Gleyber Torres, who, who, again, I mean, maybe Alvarez, you know, even though different profile type of players, maybe Alvarez becomes a better, more consistent hitter. Uh, even though Torres is solid, but you know Torres has been around a while. He's had some really good seasons. He's certainly respected. He was only at fourteen one this past year, the year before he hits arbitration next year. So, I mean, the Mets would have to pony up. I, I, it's just when you saw Hoff saw the report, and it it struck me as interesting that the Mets would embrace this, but it didn't seem practical. So he's given arbit- the timing. He's arbitration eligible in twenty twenty six. Yep, and FA twenty twenty nine. Right. Yeah, like from I don't a Mets, know. from a Mets perspective, it doesn't make much sense to me. I agree. They're the ones taking the risk here. Alvarez is saying, "Yeah, I'm going to get guaranteed." Now you want to play the the card out with the Braves, where it looks at uh, you know you look at Ronald Acuna Jr. He ended up getting screwed, or Ronald Acuna. He did when he signed for 100 mil. Yeah, early. Yeah, that's what I mean. He yep. got a, a dirt cheap deal mm-hmm. to a point where I feel like at some point that's going to come back to bite the Braves because he'd be like, "This is not what right." What does he sign through? Do you know how many years was that for? It wasn't like ten, quick. was it? It wasn't anything crazy. Uh, Otherwise, there's no way he's going to sit. I thought that it was contract. eight. Was it not? It might be seven or eight. I got his numbers right here. I mean, here's the thing though. Like, wh- yeah, eight year. It was an eight, eight. year, hundred million dollar deal. Okay, uh, and it expires. Through. Well, I've got it goes through twenty. There's a team option. Twenty twenty seven is the team option. Um, yeah. I mean, listen, which they'll pick up. Of course, and then there's another team option 28. in 2028 for 17 so he's million dollars. Until 2029 to be a free agent. Ooh, man. Yeah, I, okay, I get underpaid. it. But now he's come. Remember, he hurt his knee. Yeah. Now, just imagine if there was some catastrophic injury. He just banked 100 million dollars. Right, but he's gonna be he's gonna be 32. But at that's that point. the risk that you take. I know. I for mean, him, you know, you're saying for him. Yeah, I can see why the Braves did it. Yeah. I know with the Mets, I wouldn't, I wouldn't make, I wouldn't take Too that early. risk right now. No, if Al, let's say Alvarez hits two sixty this year with twenty six home runs and continued growth, and you know next year middle of the season, so that would be twenty twenty five. He's posting big numbers and he's showing. Maybe that's when you do it. Right. It just doesn't seem the timing doesn't seem beneficial now. You have something, Hoff? Yeah, anyone? just to compare it to uh, the Tigers did this recently with Cole yes. Keith. Yes, he signed a six. Colt Keith. Colt he, Keith, he, okay. He, he's yeah, yeah. someone's coming up. Six-year contract for twenty-eight, about $28 million, but then there's three club options, which would take him to the age 31. In totality, he'd make, it would be about $82 million over nine years that he'd be making. And But see, but here's the problem. If it becomes the star that everybody thinks he's going to become. He's severely underpaid. He just signed 60 cents on the dollar. But if he gets hurt, he makes $82 well, million, dollars, he wouldn't have made. But isn't that the smart play now? Like, isn't that what teams have been doing? Isn't that what the Braves have been doing? No, I'm saying from successful? the player perspective, it's riskier. From the team perspective, it's brilliant. Well, absolutely. assuming well, that the player pans out. Yeah, but if now, you I think do Alvarez, it. I, I like Alvarez as a player. So I wouldn't be worried about it in that regard. It just also seems unnecessary when you're trying to bring, you know, like the Mets could go on a spending spree next offseason. Why would you pay Francisco Alvarez now when you can wait a few years? To I'll get tell you him? why. Because you you might, and this is where Stearns' calculations are interesting, and this is why David Stearns is here. Because, I mean, think about this. I The Mets never do this. And now there's a report that they might do it with the first right. really, really, really good young player uh-huh. they've had in a little bit. So I, I think that's all Stearns' influence here. Maybe what you do is you create a template where if Alvarez becomes the player that they, and, and most of us think that he will, and he's shown the visible signs that he'll be that player, 
maybe the Mets are preparing, you know, three, four years, starting next year as well, but to go absolutely bonkers with what they spend. And they're sitting there saying to themselves, all right, if we know we have Alvarez as a right-handed thumper on lock for 70 cents on the dollar. Don't even worry about it. We don't even worry about it. Now we do it with the other stuff that we have to do. I wonder if that would tick Pete off, knowing that uh, somebody else got the the extension. What do you think? Yeah, I think Pete's probably happy with himself right now, going into his walk year, going to you know bank on himself. You think he's happy? I don't think he's happy. I do. I think he's a little frustrated. Maybe, but now he's close to the end of the road here. Like well, you, the whole you could be frustrated for last season, the year before that, without getting that guarantee. But yeah. now, you know he should be like, "Hey, I'm about to hit free agency. I'm going to go out there and hit 60 plus home runs, and I'm going to get my money." It's all on him. Yeah, that's what competitors think, and I'm sure that he has that mindset. But there's got to be like inwardly, he's not going to say it. Inwardly, there's got to be an element of of a little bit of disrespect in his mind, whether it's right or wrong. He's sitting there saying, I- I'm the preeminent slugger in baseball in terms of just sheer power, mm-hmm. and they're showing me no respect. They were thinking of trading me, however serious yeah. it was. They they talked about it. They talked to another team. There's no contract here. I- again, he's going to process it well because he's a pro, and he comports himself like a pro, but Human nature. Think about that. If, if it was you. Yeah, I know. If it was me, I'd feel a little disrespected. I would personally be yes. like, okay, you don't want to, sh- I'm going to show you. And then I'd leave yeah. is well, what I'd do. Well, and then I'd, no, not That's necessarily. I'd take every last cent possible and say, here's what I'm worth. You should have known this two years ago. You could add me at a discount. Now you're going to pay for it. Whether it's you or them, somebody's paying me. All right, Mike is in Ramtown. What's up, Mike? Hey, Sal BT, how you guys doing? How are you, Mike? Mike, what's happening? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Hey, uh, Sal, just wanted to speak to you real quick, and BT as well, obviously. But, Sal, I brought this up to you a couple months ago, and I uh, laid out the Braves model, how they paid some guys early, Mm -hmm. and I suggested it with Alvarez. And at the time, you said, absolutely not. No way. Why would we do that? Yeah, I saw you say the same thing. But, no, I'm saying I want to pay the guy early and let him play this year. And if he has another good year, you're going to get a catcher for the next eight, nine years, one of the hardest offensive positions to find. And you can get him for 70 cents on the dollar. And the guy's most likely going to take it. Look what Acuna did. It's a bad deal for Acuna. But he does have options, so maybe we get options on the back end. Maybe it's time we take a different approach because, like you said, mm. if we would have done this with Pete a couple years ago, we wouldn't be in this position. Yeah, right or now. Degrom years ago. But but then there there it's also volatile too, Mike. And thank you for the call. Appreciate you checking in. I like his thoughts on that. Maybe yeah. it's time for a completely different approach by the Mets, and this might be the early signs of that different approach. Here's what I would say. I like it. If there's ever a player that I personally would do it with, it would be Alvarez because I think the pitching is too hard. To tell, with, and you don't have a pitcher that you want to do it with at but, this well, point. Well, even, to be just, even going back years ago, oh, like, I, I, I would have done it with I Harvey. I would have yeah, done yeah, it with yeah, Degrom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They probably would have done it with Isringhausen and those guys yeah, that were coming up as well. And, and yeah. look how they all would have worked Wilson out. Wilson from Florida State. The, yeah. the one guy I might not have done it with was Zach Wheeler, and he would have been the best of the bunch. <laughs> That's true. Syndergaard, I would have done it with him. So you don't know what the pitching. It's too hard to tell. Project forward is hard enough as it is, but the pitching specifically, Alvarez, I love as a player. I think he's going to be a beast. And by the way, even if he doesn't fulfill his expectations as a catcher, yep. he could be a DH. So like now with the luxury uh, oh, of the DH, yeah. there's minimal risk. Yep. But you like there's the Mets have we're not even in the window of worry about it. Maybe next year, maybe two years from now, then I'd start thinking, okay, now let's think serious extension. See, but I wouldn't use the word worry, even though I know what you mean. To me, it's it's being incredibly proactive. 
Like, you don't want to have to be reactive. The great right. French, and they, they are right now going to have to be reactive with Pete Alonso because they didn't react. They weren't proactive earlier in terms of understanding that this day would come and how Pete projects from a power perspective what he means to the fans that they're now in a bit of a bind where if they want him, they'll probably be able to keep him because Cohen's going to come with a big check. But now there'll be other suitors and you complicate the situation. If you start to do this with certain players and it's got to be a special player and Alvarez might be of that caliber, the other thing it does is now you trade Parada. Now, I mean, because otherwise, if you, yeah, unless you just don't think that Alvarez is the catcher and Parada's the catcher and Alvarez is the hitter, but I'm not going out of my way for a one-dimensional player, and I don't think that Alvarez is one-dimensional. But now it's like, okay, you can just see the yeah, wheels he still turning. Be, he still could be an asset. I'm not necessarily opposed to it, but I also think because of the Mets having the owner that they do, they're they're in a position of power. Where the Braves, for example, yeah. or the Tigers or Royals or whatever, are not. They need to lock these young guys up now because if they don't, they're going to lose them. The Mets aren't going to lose guys that they don't want to lose because of who their owner is. But it doesn't mean you still you can't be right. smart. I get it. I get and it. by being proactive and anticipating. But, yeah, but it is taking a risk, though. Uh, for sure, but it's one you could easily recover from. So why would you take risks when you don't have to? As minimal as a risk as it may be. Because if you, it's a great question. Because if you take the proper risk and you're rewarded, the contract will be a coup. It will be like we will laud them. Like wow, remember when they? Let's let's go four years down the road, mm-hmm. and Alvarez keeps getting better and better yep. and better and better. We will be instead of Met fans who are disgruntled right now with the approach of David Stearns, and I understand it on some level. Right, I get it. You know, spend some money. It's been very visceral. Understood. Greater vision. Understand that as well. But in four years, if they do this, we're going to be sitting here saying, oh, my God. Remember when Stern started changing the right. way the Mets' dynamics of business? Like, Let's face it. You have it once since 86. Maybe it's time to change yeah, stuff. I'd be open to it, especially for this player. All right, Steve is in East Meadow. What's up, Steve? Hey, guys. What's going on? Hey, How Steve. Going? How are you, Steve? Real quick. Real quick. Um, I, you Yankee fans chirping and bother me, so I had to call in. Um, the double standard with the Yankees and Mets is honestly ridiculous. When the Mets traded for Lindor that time, it was all about. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Okay. Go ahead, man. Let's go. It was all about, oh, we got to resign him, this, that. We can't be happy. We have to resign him until we get, you know, until we resign and be happy. The Yankees do get Soto. And now it's like, oh no, let's wait. We got a we got a happy year coming. Let's see what we do. As soon as we start talking about, oh, we got to extend him, Yankee fans, oh, why do we have to extend him? Let's be happy. Forget about the Mets, and they instantly bring up the Mets. It's these Yankee fans say they don't like the Mets, and all they don't well, care about the Mets. Well, Steve, but every single time, I'm not tell, I'm not saying you beat. No, no, I, I got you. you. I got you. Keep going, man. I got you. Keep going. It's just, it's just every time. Something we we say something about the Mets, and then as soon as we start saying it about the Yankees, these Yankee fans call in. Who, you know, whatever. I get it. We know the Mets aren't good, right? You don't. We don't have to hear it from you again. Oh, I, I, no, no, I understand that. Well, that that's, is a key. That's human it's nature. Just, yeah. And no, I get yeah, it, Steve. No, it's it, just ridiculous. Thank you for the call, Steve. We appreciate checking in. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I understand what he's saying there. It shouldn't be a double standard, but Yankee fans maybe can't speak to the feelings that Mets fans had. With Lindor, I just remember the talk and the feel at that time was, and for me personally, it wasn't there because I knew Steve Cohen was a different owner. He's not going to trade for this guy yeah. and let him walk. To me, it was irrational that Met fans thought he was going to walk Lindor, and Cohen nipped that in the bud by giving him the big contract extension. I would be worried right now if I'm a Yankee fan. Now, also, the Yankee fans or the Yankees have earned the right to have the benefit of the doubt for the most part. 
However, BT, in recent years, they have not earned that right. And that's why yeah. I, I really believe Soto is going to leave. And it would just be hard for me to get into this year. Yes, one year individually, it's going to be great to watch Soto and Judge out there in that lineup. But knowing that it might just be for one year only, ooh, man, the positive of this one year can be far outweighed by the negative if, in fact, Soto does leave. Or Yankee fans can be given baseball glory in a heaping dose that they haven't had from an offensive perspective since Garrick and Ruth. And uh, not listen, the answer could be somewhere in between, obviously, but I gravitate to the to the latter there. I, I just think that these guys in the two and the three hole are set up to do things we haven't seen together 50, 60, 70 years. And maybe maybe go back to Mantle and Maris if you think because some of Garrick's numbers are absolutely but you ridiculous. think it's 175 you, RBIs. Let's not go nuts. You but, think it's gonna equate to wins though? hundred uh, I mean, percent. But but we've seen great players before. We've seen great tandems. You've seen it with the Yankees, and, and it doesn't yeah. necessarily work out no, no, when they win a World Series. No, I know. You and I also do process last year's failures a little differently. You know, I incorporate the outfield wall with the Dodgers, I incorporate Volpe as a rookie, I incorporate Aaron Boone having no options but mm-hmm. to run out a couple of stiffs like Gallo and Hicks. I also to incorporate Trevino's injury. The third base was a disaster. I do. No, no, no. I don't think they're the favorite. Uh, Do I think the Yankees have a puncher's chance? And and Sal, let's be honest. You know, the NBA is a little different, but when you talk about a team having a chance to get to the World Series, you know, and it's not just the Diamondbacks from last year. They're getting there. There's other situations where there's an element of overachievement. Baseball's random. So I'm not saying that we you know, book the parade. But yeah, I do. I do think the Yankees have a chance to get there. But I want to get back to something that Steve said. Steve called up and his initial premise, and he prefaced the call with the the term double standard. If anything, now Steve, I got to flip this back to you there, brother. If anything, Yankee fans are on the wrong side of the double standard because if the Yankees don't win the World Series, at least in our eyes, maybe not in the eyes of management the way it used to be, but still in many of our eyes, it's a complete colossal failure. If the Mets win 89 games, 90 games, get a little little, uh, cute wild card, everybody's happy. So that's the double standard. And now that the payrolls are even, the measurements should be the same. Right, but the payrolls are only even because the Mets are paying a lot of dead money. That's going to change, obviously, next uh, year where the dead money's gone. Then the Mets will get some real players, and the expectation will be high again. But I don't think it's a double standard. I think it's a higher standard. The Yankees are held to a higher standard, even more so to be able to keep these players. Like, when when have the Yankees made a deal like this? Bringing in a mega star that they were afraid of losing. I mean, I'm sure it's happened before. I, I can't remember one. It's always it's, it, been, you know, they either make the trade for a guy who's locked up, like yeah, A-Rod. Or they get Reggie ago. for five years. Yeah. They bring it to Sheriff Giambi, eight years. Whatever, Jim, right. Jason Giambi for Tuck. Sabathia, nine years. Cole. Matsui, like, whatever. The Yankees are always getting Tanaka. They always get the big guy. Yep. And you know they're going to be here for a long time. Yeah. Now they got the best player available, and it's a one-year rental for now. Well, you know, you frame it that way, and you're not wrong. But I could also frame it, I could say, when was the last time that the Yankees had a superstar player that they wanted to keep that left? Probably Cano. Cano, Yeah. Well, I was going to say Cano. But I've I've always surmised that I can't prove this. Well, they didn't want to go to the extent that obviously the Mariners did. Well, they probably I knew. think it's deeper than that. Yeah. I think there was strong. There was a belief. There they was an knew. undercurrent of insinuation that there mm. was something going on that maybe. And he was also a little lazy too. And they thought that Cano wasn't a great influence on the kids. Um, and you know, what was there an enhancement there again? I, I'm, I'm I'm not saying that he definitely did steroids, but there was a belief that at that point that he was, and mm. we know what happened later. So. I, I, that's one example. Right, it doesn't I'm, happen. And, well, that's my point. Andy Pettit going back to Houston because he's from Houston. Uh-huh. So, you know, we'll see how this plays out, but history is on the side of the Yankees. 
They have a star. He gets in their crib. He don't leave. And recent history is why. You know, yes, he don't history. Leave. Recent and when history. When he does leave, he leaves with a championship. Recent history, though, is not on the side of the Yankees. <laughs> Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart. Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I give you your voice just to piss you off a little bit. That's how you do it. I get it, Tyson. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Manning back, steps up, heaves one down the middle of the field, into the end zone, and Knicks makes the catch for the touchdown. He went up with the big hands and caught it on the Hail Mary. On the final play of the half. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Brandon Tierney, Salicata, back on the fan. We will have Yankee tickets to give away in the 12 o'clock hour. We also have Bald Face Live, Bald Face Truth coming up at 1240. And remember, speaking of 1240, oh no, is it 1140? 1140. 1140, Mm -hmm. Friday, Game 7, Baseball Card World Series, 1987. Tops will be the packs of choice. Uh Me versus you for all the marbles. I'm bringing in champagne. I told you guys this. If I win, I'm just going to douse myself. I'm going to (laughs) explode champagne. I'm going to go absolutely bonkers. So that's coming up on Friday. That'll be a blast. It's been some series. Oh, my God. It's been back and forth. Before we get back to the Soto stuff here, I got I got to share this with you. So I had a dream last night, and I generally don't dream as much as I used to. Right. I don't know what that means, but I don't. And I had a Pete Alonzo <laughs> dream. And to the point where we're sitting in the meeting this morning, structuring the show, setting things up, 
And I said, I'm, I got to tell you about this Pete dream that I this Alonzo dream that I have, but I want to tell you on the air. And Sal goes, I had a Pete Alonzo dream too. I did. True story. And this is in stark contrast to what I've believed and what I've said on the air. So I, I, I don't know how to process this one. So you and I, I don't remember Hoff being in the dream, and he should be, and he would be if this was the situation. But you and I were down in Tribeca doing some day drinking. Okay. I don't know why. Right. I'm After the show, it, it felt like a weekday. I don't think it was a weekend. And we're, well, you know, we're not, we're not two rocks. We're not stumbling around. But right. we're going to another, another establishment. All right. Who do we bump into? Pete. Okay. Now. God, this is bizarre how dreams work. <laughs> before, you know, we actually start to interact, I, I turned to Sal. I said, is that Pete Alonzo on the corner? And we're looking at him. We're looking at him. Like, I, I think that that's Pete. And then he kind of sees us and he locks eyes. Now, again, I don't even think he knows what I look like. Right, but just right, from the dream, right, right. this is what happened. So then he's with somebody. I don't remember who it was. And he starts to walk over towards us. Right? And he goes, uh, are, you, are you the guys on, on FAN? And I, we go, yeah. He goes, I got to talk to you. and But he's looking at me, not you. Right. He goes, can can we talk privately? I go, sure. Of course. So we, <laughs> we, walk, we walk about 15, 20 feet away. And he's very nice. Like, right. he was stern, but he wasn't out of his skin agitated. But I knew that he was unhappy. And he said, you know, why Why have you been, why have you basically just got to the point? He's like, I, you know, I just want to know, why Why have you been spreading this thought that I don't want to stay with the Mets? I go, well, uh, you know, I'm not alone. I was going to pull you into it. And Sal said yeah, first. What am I saying? Look at this guy. He said <laughs> yeah, you were nah, toxic. Nah, nah. Yeah. Nah, I stood there like the big boy. I'm like, listen, because if I were you, I'd feel disrespected. And I just laid the things out that amazingly in my dream coincided with everything, almost everything I've been saying on the air. They almost traded you to the Brewers. They haven't given you the big money yet. Right, I didn't say right. I don't think you're going to age well. That, right. I, that, I, that <laughs> I didn't say. So anyway, long story short, he goes, listen. He goes, just do yourself a favor. More importantly, do Met fans a favor. And tell them I want to stay. I go, wow. <laughs> I, hometown discount? He goes, just make sure... That you tell Met fans that you heard it from me that I want to stay. Wow. I said, Definitive. all right, man. And we shook hands and I gave a little bro hug. Bigger than I thought. I mean, it was right, big, but yeah. bigger than I thought. And I said, you will get that respect, my friend. I said, I, he's walking away. And now you come back. Uh, you had crossed the street, so yeah. you, you meander back into it. I said, Pete, honestly... I wasn't trying to do you wrong. I was just telling you what people what I thought doing no, my this job. Is, this is a this dream. Is dream. Of, oh, a dream, of course. I'm just saying, imagine people listening in. You're, oh, yeah, that's true. They don't hear the beginning yeah. of it. Yeah. Like, what? He told well, me the reason, to and, and I do think, I do think, just to incorporate a non-dream, and then I want to hear your dream. Yeah. So I remember Tiki telling us a story, me and telling me, and, and Hoff. Hoff, you probably remember this. When Teak was down in Tribeca during just a random day, and Matt Harvey was day drinking. Oh, so and the Mets go. had a game that day. So maybe they that were. That night. So in my mind, I and I also like, you know, I know Tribeca yeah. fairly. I went, to, I went to high school Xavier. It's not far. So I know the area, obviously. So that was in my brain, blah, blah, blah. So if dreams mean anything, relax, Mets fans. Pete told me he's staying. I wonder, too, if it had something to do with our conversation, text conversation over the weekend that we had. Because I had the same dream, so it's obviously on my mind, mm -hmm. about how as a show... We were thinking about, you know, doing something nice for Peach Charity. Yes. 
right? Yes. So, so we had that text conversation going. Maybe that led to the dream. My dream was He also spoke the other day. Well, right. Of course. So, you know, he's at camp and it's a big storm. I'm just trying to think of, you know, what that was. Uh, but, but basically similar, like I was down at Mets camp trying to get a meeting with Pete and just basically explain all that has gone on. Uh-huh. And it was, you know, he was, he came up and like, he gave me a hug from the side. I was like, all right, what do you, what do you got? What, and then like, he wanted to go back and listen to what is it? I want like, to go back and listen to what you said yeah, on the air? Yeah. Oh boy, that must have been uncomfortable. I was kind Did of Did he give the segment where him? you called them toxic? I said, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I said, I didn't say yeah. toxic, but the way the headline yeah. was, I was trying to like explain this out to him. Uh, side note of that dream, I was showing my family the new house. Uh-huh. There was a bobcat there that was gnawing at my sister's leg, a boa constrictor, and two huge frogs that were like the size of cats. Yeah, dude. This is all my dreams. I don't know what's going on. (laughs) I'm a mess. This is what I'm dreaming about. You, Pete Alonzo, boa constrictor snakes. What the hell is going on here? I can't interpret that one except, uh, you know, at least you got it straight with Pete. I slept for like nine hours last night. But yeah, like it it was one of those meetings. I, I think it... I, like, I want to talk to him. I, I want to just, it, it'd be therapeutic for me to get it out and explain. Mm-hmm. I tried to explain it on the air. People don't want to hear it. No, nah, they don't want to hear it on the but air. But the reality is it was never meant personally at Pete. I'd love to see Pete Beer be here long term. And by the way, I think it is going to happen. There are different ways you could build a baseball team, and you could say certainly why you would want to trade Pete Alonzo, why they should keep him, what is going to happen. There are a lot of different things at play here. Ultimately, though, when push comes to shove, I do think Pete has a big year betting on himself. And I do think the Mets will lock him up. I know there's been some stuff saying, oh, not so fast. Uh, I'd be surprised if the Mets let him go. And then you saw the report over the weekend that some uh, somebody told Andy Martino, somebody in the game or somebody that knows Steve Cohen, said he would expect him to go after both Alonzo and Soto. Yeah. And that's where I would – I mean, I'm not saying it's going to happen, mm-hmm. but I would tend to think that that's – That's just reeling your own fish before you try coming to our boat. Take yeah. it easy, buddy. Yeah. Soto, Make sure you keep beating the house. Soto's appetizing uh, out there. I beat the Sal on the fan. Charles is in White Plains. What's up, Charles? Hi, guys. How are you doing today? How are you, Charles? Hey, man. Good. BT, big uh, Yankee fan season chicken holder. I know you're on my side here. but I am on uh, the side of justice. Let me tell you something. I'm on the side of common sense, really, today, Charles, is what's happening. (laughs) The other guy on the other side of of the mic, Mm. the devil's advocate himself, listen, opening day is April 5th. I'm going to enjoy a good Yankee season. I'm not worried about 2025, Sal. Let's enjoy this year. Okay, that's fine. Juan Soto Soto is a rental, and that's the way it is. But, man, you are just laying in the wrong way to our Yankee fans. And, I, and I'm really well. Well, angry. then, then have the same mentality on December fifth or November fifth when when Soto Why? decides to go somewhere else. Then you call and say, "Yeah, you know what? Okay. Not that big of a okay. deal." I want to enjoy 2024. Right. Let us enjoy that. Whether we go to the World Series or not, so what? At least we're going to watch some great baseball. Hey, right, Charles. DC? Hey, Charles. By the way, Charles, just to let you know a little clue. Yeah. You don't need Sal's what? permission to enjoy the Yankees. Right, and I'm not saying not to enjoy the Yankees, <laughs> FYI. I'm not saying not. Yeah, enjoy, but he, hey, did you enjoy last advocate. season, Charles? How was last year? Did you enjoy that? It was awful. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, okay. Well, is that I my fault? I had to sit there and watch all that. Right. But you know what? At least this year, it's listen, we need another pitcher. I don't know if we'll get another pitcher, but 
listen, I'm going to enjoy 2024, and hopefully, at least we make the playoffs. This this could be, and thank you for the yeah, call, Charles. Yeah, of course, hopefully. I mean, they should make oh, the playoffs. Oh, they don't make the playoffs. But, it is a disaster. But my whole, remember, you and I had this when we first got together as a show. Back in the summer, during the season last year, I was saying the Yankees are going the wrong way. The Mets are going up. Oh, I didn't disagree. That's why I said I want the Yankees to bleed out. Right. Yankees were a mess. But I didn't mean that year, obviously. I meant moving forward. Mm. Then what happened was the Mets took a step back. Yep. And the Yankees went out and got Soto. And it seemed, if you were just reacting to that moment and all that followed basically since the offseason, that I was wrong. That the Mets aren't going in the right direction and the Yankees are falling off. It seemed that that reversed. Mm Mm-hmm. The reality is what I said, believing in the Mets' direction and not believing in the Yankees, is all still very much in play. The Yankees went out there and made a very aggressive move for the best player that was available that they needed to get for one year. Yeah. If this doesn't work out in a World Series and they don't bring him back, the Yankees are headed the wrong way. And the Mets could potentially steal this guy away from the Yankees. Like, think about that world that we're talking about. How is that even possible? But that's the reality now with Steve Cohen with the Mets. So what we thought about this year with Yamamoto and all that didn't, you know, there was no payoff as he goes to the Dodgers. Next offseason, it's really going to be on between the Mets and Yanks. And more so, I think, just shows where the Yankees are at because Soto should already be, you know, the Yankees make these moves generally. These guys don't leave. And right now with Soto, there is at least doubt. You don't want to look at it now, but it's the reality. You know, you talk about the direction of both teams. And I remember the conversation was when we first started. The reality is, until proven otherwise, they're both going in the wrong direction. Think about it. Mets were awful. Yankees' worst season in 30 years. Mets did, and I understand the big vision, but they did basically nothing to galvanize their fan base after such a big step back last year. They did nothing. They did nothing. And the Yankees... Until 82 becomes 92 or, you know, and becomes a World Series. I mean, the Yankees still need to prove that they're the Yankees. Right. I get it. So we're still kind of in that. Now, the Yankees going into the season certainly more well, exciting. Well, they flexed more. Yeah, 100%. they flexed. Well, they have a team that could actually win a World Absolutely. Series. Absolutely. The Mets do not. I agree. I mean, best case scenario, the Mets keep talking about, oh, a playoff team. Yeah, that's great. What playoff that caliber, not yeah, even yeah, a playoff yeah, okay, team. Playoff, playoff caliber, caliber yeah, okay, team. What, what does that mean, David? What does that mean exactly? <laughs> you two, what do you think it means? I'll tell you what I think. I think it means, I said this yesterday when you were out. So, to me, when Stern says they're a playoff caliber team, they do loosely translated, you could be six or seven games out in late August and still within shouting distance of a wild card. That's a playoff caliber team. That doesn't excite yeah, me, but I, I understand what they're I, doing. I think they believe that it's a team that can legitimately contend for the final wild card spot, which I believe too, but it's not because they're good. It's because of the way the league is and everybody gets in. You better, at the very least, be a playoff caliber team. Reality is the Mets can't win a World Series this year, and that's what their fans want. The Yankees can. I don't think they will, but they can. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. 
the biggest sports radio stations in the country, providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams, all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives, streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. And the ball game's over, and the Giants have won Super Bowl 46. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Brandon Tierney, Sal Licata back on The Fan. We'll get back to your Yankee calls on Juan Soto in just a second. We also have Yankee tickets to give away next hour. I know you touched on it a little bit yesterday, BT, with Patino. I did not because I was off. And, and I know you also spoke with him last night, so I want to get the update here from you. And mm-hmm. I saw one of the articles out there, I think it was Newsday, yep. said that Patino not backing away his comments. What I will say is two things real quick. One, I think he's being overly criticized for the comments that he made. I understand them, but I think it's like he's being vilified for something that I don't think was the worst thing in the world. But the other part of that is he probably did the one thing he couldn't do as head coach of St. John's. And even if it's for a day or two, he embarrassed the school with his comments being so harsh Mm -hmm. and critical of the players and showing a lack of accountability. And I read the comments and I read them all. It shows that it to me, it felt like he was throwing the team under the bus Again, not the worst thing in the world. However, in that particular spot, coming from him, who's gotten into trouble off the court in Mm -hmm. his life, you couldn't embarrass the school, and I feel like he did in this regard. Uh, I was a little surprised he doubled down with with Ruben. I was a little surprised about that. The, you know... So I was with him yesterday, and we're getting ready to shoot the the Red Storm report, which is going to air on Friday and Saturday on MSG. So I've got a good rapport with Rick. I've only met him this year, but we we, we connected fairly quick, mm-hmm. and and, it, and I, it's very enjoyable. Love it, right? Love getting to sit down and talk with him. And because we talk a lot once the camera's off, so you get to know somebody a little bit. So he comes up. Now, it's his show, and this is when the cameras aren't rolling. I had shot my stand-ups, and I said, what's going on, Coach? Shake his hand. How you doing, buddy? Brutal one against Seton, all the usual small talk. And I said, listen. I said, I know this, this is your show. All right, this is, this is about you. I said, but... We have to address what's what's going on. Yeah, right. There's no way we could do the show <laughs> right. and not talk about this. So he honestly, he was very receptive to it. And then we talked about it entirely, went very in-depth, very thorough. But he wasn't aware of the criticism. Hmm. Like, I was a little surprised by that. He actually said, you know, what are people saying? Isn't he active on social media? No, he is. But I, I don't think he cares because he, he evidently means what he said. And I got to tell you this. While I didn't like the the intense personal criticism of the kids by name, all right? I will say this. You got to understand one thing. They're not kids. They're pros. They're professionals. That is a big difference. They are now professionals. When you get two, three, four, five, six, seven hundred thousand, and so, you know, they, <laughs> I mean, Mike Rapoldi's coming with big money. You know, he's big, you know, booster for St. John's, mm-hmm. the horses, grad body, uh, under the, um, the uh, the drink, he's a great guy, but he stepped away from St. John's where he didn't like the direction. Now he's back with a big checkbook, and St. John's is paying players like everybody else. So I'm going to ask you, all right, like if a kid, I'll just throw it out a number, if a kid's getting $350,000 to play for St. John's or anybody, 
do you still need to, I'm legitimately asking the question, do you legitimate? Do, do you still need to abide by the old school mantra, well, they're kids and they can't be treated, they, you know, they, they've got to delineate how you treat or, or, or talk about them compared to pros. My answer is, if the economics of the game are changing, I think also the way kids are, the, these young men are, are, are processed both on and off the court, then that can change a little bit as well. You agree with that? Yes, and I totally forgot as I was reading these comments, and I'm like, "Whoa! Like this is bad." It, it, the, it, 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 it was. It was. Too, the, it Rick came across made, like sour grapes, and yeah. like it's not me, it's them. I'm too good for this, and they're not good enough. But I wasn't thinking that these kids are paid. Oh, they are right, which is a big difference. If you're getting paid, then you need to suck it up. And yeah. I, I, and put it this way, of the of the participants here, the school, the coach. The players, I know one of them is a constant winner. Yep. Yes. And it's not the school, and it certainly is not the kids or the student employees, whatever you want to call it. And them. I also, yeah, it's true. I also said that I think that, um, you know, in a lot of ways, Rick the other night was talking to future recruits. There's always, he even said to me on camera, he goes, you think I say anything with, and off camera, you think I say anything without knowing what I'm saying? He knew what he was doing. Now, whether or not you disagree with that, that's fine. I, I expect, I, I do respect people pushing back. I do wish Rick, and in that moment, would have included himself more. Well, that's the you, problem. Well, that's well, why yeah. it was embarrassing to me to the school. Like, yeah, the head coach is ripping the students or the, the players. Yeah, yeah the thumb's got to thumbs got to go to the chest. Well, a how bit about saying I didn't do point. a good enough job? I recruited the wrong guys. Even if you say I recruited the wrong guys, yeah. I knew better. I should have known better. Yep. These guys aren't it, and that's on me. Simple. You're ripping them and yourself. Yeah, and you know, and you you are the coach, and you did have a 19 point lead against the team, and I got respect for Shaheen Holloway. They play very hard. Yeah. Seton Hall's not incredibly talented, so they're just not. They're in a lot of ways overachieving, and I really do respect them. They play their asses off, man. Uh, and Pirates fans, you got a you got a team that's probably going dancing here. But when you're up 19, you got to win a game. So it was probably the wrong setting. It was, or maybe the right setting. I, I would have stopped 15, 20 yards short of where Rick went. But understand that, and I and I told him that, yeah. you know, respectfully. But think about this: if these kids are getting paid, they're not. You know, let's not position them as you know, little Great high point. school, just out of high school kids. They are professionals. That changes a lot. And just from the outside perspective, I felt like it was a. Uh, an established, successful coach that was almost washing his hands with the failure of this season. Mm -hmm. That's where I had a problem with I it. can understand that. I can understand that. Uh, not even coach. necessarily being that critical of the kids, but washing your hands with the failure of a season. Like, dude, this is on you. No, you're the coach. I don't want to hear the excuses. Mm -hmm. You got here late, did this, that, whatever. You're the coach. Suck yep. it up. That's fair. Dan is calling from Belmore, New York. What's up, Dan? Hey, Dan. Okay, guys. Yesterday, I said to you, I agree with Patino. And I agree with Patino because he, he said what all we all our fans have been saying. When I'm in my den watching that team, I say, run, Soriano, run, get back. My wife says, RJ, don't dribble the ball, and he loses it, and he loses it, and he loses it. Ludlum is so slow, he, he can't. Everybody does blow-bys on Ludlum. Yep. All right, now what do you want the man to do? He is Rick Patino, and I've been clamoring for years for him to get it. He's like St. John's, a resurrection of St. John's. And St. John's does nothing for their old athletes. Ron Artest, Sonny Dove, Joe Dupree, all of those guys you don't hear from. They're like the Mets. It took nine years to retire Caesar's number. Dan, can I tell you something real fast, Dan? And thank you for the call there, Dan. You, you made a, a really excellent point about there is, and this has changed, but... 
boy, so many years St. John's comported themselves like the Mets, and I'm not trying to diss the Mets, and I work for and I love St. John's, so right. I, I'm not in the business of dissing somebody who literally pays me to work for them, although I'm going to always be honest as as I am here. I don't love what Rick did, but I also get it. Um, the Saint, there was this crazy disconnect, and some of the Sunny Dub, not everybody knows Sunny Dub, but hell, it took him forever to get Mark Jackson back. Like, there was such a poor job by multiple St. John's administrations who just let history, amazing history, fall through the cracks. And I'm not even talking about the facilities, which are not good. Patino's a thousand percent right. They don't have any money. It's a poor, it's a relatively poor Catholic school, you know, and the economy's not helping. But, yeah, shame on, on on all those years of ignoring as much history as anybody in college basketball. And and Rick is going to change that, as will others. But, you know, there's two ways to look at this. Are you happy with this year? No. Do you still believe in Rick? You should. Right. Because he's fa- not going to fail here. But it's a failed year. Oh, absolutely. No, no, I agree with year. that. Yeah. And yes. that, Well, that's all I think people wanted to hear a little bit of. Humility or accountability, not like, hey, I never fail anywhere. This isn't on me. It's on everybody else. Hey, you're the head coach. Yeah, no, I'm not disagreeing with you there. You got to take some of the ownership, 100%. That was my issue, and I felt that that embarrassed. He brought a lot of negative attention. It was the biggest story of the day yesterday. I know. I mean, really, it was every, it was national. Right, so he brought a lot of negative attention to the school, which to me was embarrassing. And that was the one, like, you could lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't embarrass the school, especially him. I I was talking to somebody at St. John, not Rick, mm-hmm. separate from Rick, uh, off the record stuff. And and they said, you know, what do you think about all this coverage? I said, listen, you got to understand one thing about St. John's. This is a blessing and this is a curse. Because when you guys crave coverage, you get it. You get covered like a pro team. That also means when something goes wrong, you're not going to get covered like, you know, right. Fordham basketball. Yeah. No disrespect. I've, I've got great respect. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's good until it's not. So you got to understand the good and the bad and understand or, and believe that the guy that you hired to resurrect a dead, dead, dormant franchise or, or program is eventually going to remember how to win. I do think that's the, coming. And I do think the fact that the kids get paid makes it a, a easier issue to digest knowing that he criticized kids that are getting paid to play and not doing it very well, I might add. BT and Sal on the fan. Come back, hit you with the crown topic of the day. Juan Soto entering his first and maybe final year as a New York Yankee. We'll have your calls on the other side as well. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.